Welcome to the Doyen of Death podcast, funeral planning for those who don't plan to die. It's all about end-of-life issues and getting the conversation started about our 100% mortality rate. This series is hosted by Gail Rubin, certified thanatologist and the Doyen of Death. A Doyen is a woman who's considered senior in a group and knows a lot about a particular subject. Well, that's Gail. She knows all about creating the party no one wants to plan, a funeral or memorial service. She discusses the changes death can bring, and she'll make you laugh. This series includes episodes previously released as A Good Goodbye, a treasure trove of evergreen podcasts about funeral planning issues. This podcast reveals some of the mysteries and shares advice and tools that can reduce stress at times of grief, minimize family conflict, and help create a good goodbye. Remember, just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. So, here to talk about the subjects we sometimes avoid is author, speaker, and the doyen of death, Gail Rubin. Welcome to today's show. We are looking at Jewish funeral traditions today, and my guest is David Zinner, the founder and executive director of Kavod Venechum, which means honor and comfort. Welcome, David. Yeah, glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about this organization. It is Kavod Venechum, is how you pronounce it? That's correct. And that means honor and comfort, and that is a nonprofit organization that you founded. Um, how long ago did you start that, and why did you start it? We started the organization in 2000, about uh, 13 years ago, and we started because there were a lot of uh, Jewish communities that wanted to um, rediscover and re-energize and reinvigorate their practice, uh, their practice around Jewish funerals and burials and mourning. Um, a lot of the traditions had been lost or um, fallen out of use, and, and the traditions are very beautiful and very meaningful, and people wanted to bring them back, and we wanted to be able to provide the resources for them to do that. Well, I know with my own upbringing, which was actually conservative Judaism, that you know, I went to Sunday school, I went to Hebrew school, I was bat mitzvahed, I was confirmed. All of these educational opportunities I experienced growing up as a Jew, and I don't remember being taught anything about Jewish funeral traditions. And they really are beautiful and very different from Christian traditions. They are, but the, the one similarity is that uh, Jews... Um, own their share of death denial, just like non-Jews. We we watch death in the movies and in video games, but it's all pretend. And when it comes to real death, we're we're just as much into death denial as the rest of the culture. Isn't that interesting? Well, let's talk a little bit about the difference between Jewish and Christian funeral traditions. Uh, a Christian funeral, you would have the viewing of the body, you would have visitations before the funeral, the community is coming and meeting with the family before the funeral takes place, and then the funeral happens, maybe you have a lunch or some kind of reception afterwards, and then, like, you're on your own. But Jewish funeral traditions are very different in their timing of the community. 
uh, interacting with the family. Could you talk a little bit about That's that? That's right. The uh, sure, sure. The timing, the timing is very interesting um, for for the uh, the community. The 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 uh, the main time to come out and support the family is at the funeral, and then afterwards when uh, the family has a meal of comfort, and after that there's seven days of shiva, which is the uh, observance of uh, the seven days after the person died where the family often stays at home and and people come to visit and there may be services and prayers at the house uh, once or twice a day. Um, and it's a time for the community to provide support of the family to, to talk about the person who died and to... Um, to show to show their care for for uh, for the family and respect for the person. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I've noticed in this day and age, people do not participate in the full seven days. And the the word shiva means seven. Um, and you know they're lucky if they take one or two days to participate in this receiving the support of the community afterwards. Do you see that? That's true, and uh, it's really too bad because the, the full seven days can, can really help, uh, help the family uh, take that space and that time to reflect. We are noticing an interesting trend, and that is a lot of folks are having funerals and burials away from where they live, and so if the person owns a funeral plot, for example, in Boston, but they live in Los Angeles, they may stay a couple days in Boston and do services there and then go back to their home community in Los Angeles and do a few days there also. So uh, it's an interesting sort of trend where um, Shiva in some communities is becoming longer, not necessarily full seven days, but it's becoming longer because our, our relatives are often at a long distance from where we live. Interesting, interesting. Now, one of the things that sets Judaism apart in, in the traditional funeral traditions is the participation of the Hever Kedisha. And I am a member of my local Hever Kedisha. So why don't we um, talk a bit about what that group is and what they do and how they do it. First of all, what does Hever Kedisha okay. mean? Hever Kedisha means Holy Society. Um, it's a Jewish institution that probably dates back a couple thousand years. Um, interestingly enough, the first written record we have of a Hever Kedisha doing its work, and its work is to care for the body of the person who died, which would include washing the body and doing a ritual purification and dressing the body in burial garments. The first written record we have of that is actually in the New Testament with the uh, washing of Jesus and uh, recorded in three different uh, books. Um, so, you know, it's sort of not written about in the tr- traditional Jewish writings, but we're finding it in the New Testament. I'm not sure if that's another example of death denial, but uh, <laughs> it's not until about the 1600s that uh, 
we actually have codification of the Jewish ritual for uh, washing the body and and the, the work of the Hever Kedisha. You know, when when you mentioned that um, it's written about in the New Testament, it makes me wonder if maybe some Christians might not want to emulate the uh, the funeral traditions that were um, uh, bestowed upon Jesus. It's kind of an interesting thought. <laughs> yeah, there there are groups. I I don't know if the right name is Back to the Roots Christians or Old Testament Christians or I'm not. I apologize, I don't know the exact name, but we've had um, folks come to our uh, annual conferences who uh, wanted to learn the traditions and uh, who wanted to use them in their own community. And we're very open to to teaching the Jewish traditions to any groups that, that are interested. Uh, we should also mention that uh, Muslim tradition is very, very close to the Jewish tradition. Um, it, Traditional Muslims also have volunteer groups that wash the bodies of Muslims who have died and um, is uh, plain garments to to wrap them. And uh, mm-hmm. so there are a lot of similarities between uh, traditional Jewish burial funeral and burial practices and Muslim funeral and burial practices. Exactly. In fact, they also have a uh, time of receiving the support of the community afterwards, and I think it's like 30 or 40 days. It's actually longer than the initial seven days that um, Jews would observe. But then, of course, there's another period that the seven days is part of uh, called Shloshim, which is 30, the 30 days, and we could uh well let's talk a little bit about that later but let's uh return to uh, talking about the Hebra Kedisha and you mentioned a conference that you put on uh talk a little bit about that conference how long have you been doing it and um what what kind of things do you do at that conference okay well we we started our first uh North American Hever Kadisha and Jewish Cemetery Conference in 2003. We move around the country and have it in a different city each year. We typically get a 100 to 150 people who come to the conference, and we teach how to do um, some of the Jewish traditions from the preparation of the body, uh, the, the traditional way of washing and the traditional way of dressing in burial garments and the prayers that go along with it and what the meaning, uh, the meaning of those prayers. And, and um, we teach people about negotiating with funeral homes and how to um, help families make decisions about funerals and, and uh, cemeteries. Um, we, we also study different texts that are relevant. There's some very interesting Talmudic texts that talk about the important values of simplicity and equality and death. And uh, we'll bring in speakers who who talk about politics, uh, the politics of funeral home ownership, and so for so for example, we had a rabbi come in from Pittsburgh this year who talked about his challenge to the Pennsylvania Mortuary Board um, and how he he won his case um, in court and is now free to observe religious traditions and. And, and not worry, have to worry about uh, the uh, Pennsylvania 
rules regarding funeral directors. Um, yes, I, I so saw a yes. Wide... Yes. Um, we're, we're going to be going to a Sorry. break here momentarily, but yes, that story was in uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Jewish newspaper, and um, we can talk a bit more about that when we come back from a, a quick break here. We're talking with David Zinner, founder and executive director of Kavod Benichum, Honor and Comfort, and talking about Jewish funeral traditions. We'll be right back. Gail Rubin, the doyen of death, has been producing Before I Die festivals for years. These festivals get end-of-life planning conversations started by putting the fun in funeral planning. Outside-the-box activities break down barriers to discussing death and planning for our 100% mortality rate. And now, Gail has created the Before I Die Festival in a Box, the comprehensive guide to producing your own community festival. It includes everything you need to create a successful event. How to find sponsors, build a team, market the event, schedule speakers, topics for discussion, workshop ideas, and much, much more. To learn how to get your Before I Die Festival in a Box, visit BeforeIDieFestivals.com or call 505-265-7215. Welcome back. We are speaking with David Zinner, founder and executive director of Kavod V'Nichum, Honor and Comfort, talking about Jewish funeral traditions. So, David, uh, one part of the Jewish funeral tradition is watching the body before it's it's washed and dressed and buried, and um, that's called shmirah. Can you talk a little bit about that tradition? Sure. The uh, the tradition of ritually guarding the body started uh, back in the days when you had to actually physically prevent the body from being desecrated either by um, little animals uh, or by uh, people who were body snatchers who wanted to steal bodies for their own purposes or medical experiments. So uh, the ritual guarding now is more of an honor guard or uh, spiritual guarding. And uh, different groups do it in different ways. Some use all volunteers and they take shifts and they do it from the point when the person dies until until the funeral starts. Um, other groups use paid folks to do it, especially um, over the Sabbath where there may be a longer period of time because uh, people don't drive and uh, they were going to be there the whole time or over holidays. And some groups do a combination of both paid and volunteer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting. I actually did get to do that. I was in a funeral home with a body in a casket at midnight all by myself, listening to all the sounds in the, in the other part of the building. But it was, um, it was not a scary kind of experience because I was reading Psalms and that's, that's what the people who sit and do Shmira do. Um, to, so it, it really right. was. And, and you know, it really isn't scary because, uh, you know, it, the funeral homes are usually pretty quiet and there's not a lot happening. Um, we, we even encourage people to take their teenage children along and, 
um, use it as an opportunity to teach them. And um, sometimes uh, high school kids will um, take it on as a mitzvah project, a project where um, they're going to do uh, good deed or community service type uh, work. Um, you know, we usually pair younger people with uh, older people so that they go as a team. But uh, it, it's a very good way of, uh, of, of teaching kids about death, and, and I think it should be required for every kid to do before they get a driver's license. You know, that is such a great idea. I was thinking, boy, that would have been a great um, Hebrew school project, you know, for a teenager, maybe not so much the younger kids, but, yeah, to, to literally bring them face-to-face with what death looks like. Um, there, tell, Let's talk a little bit about the putting – the tradition of putting a body on display of viewing is more common in – in the Christian tradition, and I've heard different opinions about it in in terms of Jewish tradition. Where I grew up, you didn't put the body on display, but I've heard that maybe Russian Jews would put the body on display. Um, what's what's your take on on that aspect? Well, the, the the traditional Jewish view is that body shouldn't be displayed. We shouldn't be looking at a, um, staring at a person and, uh, who isn't able to look back at us. It's, it's disrespectful and, and it's not really that person anymore. It's the, the shell that they lived in during their life. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, when the Hever Kadisha comes in to, to wash the body, we do it with, um, a lot of respect. We do, we, at, at the beginning and at the end, we uh, we say to the person and and their soul, which we believe is hovering over the body, um, we ask them for forgiveness. If we do anything that dishonors or disrespects them, um, we do things quietly. We never reach over the body. We don't uh, talk about the person. Um, you know, it, it's it's done in a in a very heartfelt way, and and it becomes a very spiritual experience. And and uh, staring, you know, putting putting the body up for view is definitely uh, something that uh, the Hever Kadisha and, and, and Jewish traditional practice would would not be comfortable with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you're doing the tahara, this uh, ritual and and physical washing uh, of the body, um, who can do that? It's it's a gender-specific thing. That's right. The, the men's group uh, wash men and the women's group wash women. And the, the groups usually are anywhere from four to six people. And there's usually a leader who has some experience, and hopefully the whole group has some experience. And it's usually done at a funeral home, but sometimes it's done at a person's home. Um, you know, it... it it doesn't have to be done in a funeral home, and we we use uh, you know, water to to wash and and clean the body, make sure it's you know re- remove any tubes or needles or anything that was left in from from if they were at the hospital. And uh, once the body's clean, then we do a ritual pouring of water, um, three buckets of water, and in. in in a, a ritual purification that uh, 
is symbolic of uh, um, water as a um, a medium that has the power to to transform and to um, to prepare the person to um, go before God to uh, to for a final judgment. And then we we wash we dress them in uh, burial garments that are reminiscent of. Uh, uh, the way the high priest dressed when the high priest went to the Holy of Holies and, and, uh, you know, spoke for the people before God. So it, it it's, it's ritualized, but it, it's very, it's very, uh, meaningful and it's very spiritual. People who participate in this process come away very changed. They, they, uh, have a different outlook on life after they do this once or twice. That's, uh, it's, Something we don't do every day, and we something that we don't experience very often. When we do, it has a very, very strong impact on us. Yes, and and the uh, tahara ceremony also includes moving the body from the table. And actually, that's one thing about doing it at a funeral home because they have those tables that have drains in them, so that when you pour the water on the body goes down the drain and as opposed to just being anywhere and then you've got water splashing all over the place but um after the body is dressed in uh traditional traditionally it's cotton or linen they're called shrouds but they're like pajamas that um don't have the feet cut out of the bottom because the feet won't be walking anywhere and the pants have no pockets because we know we can't take it with us and um and then two tunics at least that's what we are using in our hebrekadisha here in albuquerque and uh right, my it's like, under- a shirt, like a shirt and a jacket that's sort of yeah yeah and so my understanding is that's that we're all equal in death and the attire is reminiscent of the high priest so we can all be high priests as well as be humble in death. Right, and, and we're all equal, so, uh, you know, there, there's no differentiation. I don't like to use the word shrouds. I like to use the Hebrew word tachrichim, um, or, or use the word burial garments. I think people associate shrouds with some kind of Shakespearean novel or something like that, and, and it's not a one-piece garment, and it, it is a... Uh, it is a dressing. It is, you know, pants and shirt and jacket and, you know, uh, you know, way, um, like a belt um, and head covering. So it, it's, uh, you know, burial garments to me have, has a nicer ring to it than using shroud. So I t- tend to avoid that word. Okay. And then once the body is in the casket, there is a tradition of sprinkling earth from Israel over the body. Do you teach that? Oh, yes. And, you know, that, and then we also put uh, some pottery shards um, over the eyes and mouth. Um, You know, uh, again, connection with the earth is very important. We came from the earth, we go back to the earth, and and we do it in, in, in the most natural way possible. In other words, you know, we don't have, we 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 advocate ground burial rather than cremation because the body should decay naturally and decompose. We shouldn't accelerate that process, 
And we also don't want to slow down the process by doing embalming because, you know, the, the, you know God created our bodies to miraculously decompose. And uh, the same microorganisms that help us digest our food participate in the process of uh, helping our bodies decompose. Mm-hmm. We, we've just got like a minute and a half before our next break, but can you explain why the earth from Israel? What's that connection? Well, there's a tradition that, you know, Jews are connected to Israel because it's the Holy Land. And, you know, even if you're not buried in Israel, you, by having some dirt from Israel sprinkled on you, you have a connection to, uh, to Israel and to that Holy, uh, Holy Land. Okay. And, uh, yes, I'm, I'm very fond of telling people that Jewish burial is naturally green burial. Uh, because the we we generally choose a softwood box, a pine or poplar casket with no metal parts, and uh, the glue should be vegetable based and um, in contact with the earth, so there would be a dome liner over the top and um, and we will talk more about these funeral traditions when we come back from our break. We are talking with David Zinner, the founder and executive director of Kavod Benichum, Honor and Comfort, and uh, we're talking about Jewish funeral traditions. Gail Rubin, the doyen of death, is the author of three award-winning books. In A Good Goodbye, Funeral Planning for Those Who Don't Plan to Die, Learn How to Save Money, reduce family conflict, and minimize stress at a time of grief. Just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. Kicking the Bucket List, 100 Downsizing and Organizing Things to Do Before You Die, brings a light touch to downsizing and organizing for end-of-life issues. And Hail and Farewell, Cremation Ceremonies, Templates and Tips, helps you easily create meaningful memorial services with sample scripts, suggested readings, and music recommendations. These fine books by Gail Rubin, The Doyen of Death, are available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. For more information, visit agoodgoodbye.com. Thanks for listening. This is part one of our two-part episode. Stay tuned for part two coming next week. Thank you for joining us on the Doyen of Death podcast. You can find episodes of this podcast and past episodes of A Good Goodbye with Gail Rubin on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on Gail's work, visit agoodgoodbye.com.